from Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. I just simply made a decision that it was going to be that or nothing. So I just shut out every other course, class, YouTube channel, anything that wasn't that particular niche. And I focused on that. Today on episode 62 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Danielle Pierce. Danielle left corporate accounting to pursue her dream as a real estate entrepreneur. In spite of pressure from those around her to just get another job, Danielle was determined to make entrepreneurship work. It took her several years until she figured out the key that led to her financial success. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Danielle Pierce. Danielle is a full-time real estate entrepreneur, but she wasn't always. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you on. So how did you become a real estate entrepreneur? How did you get into the real estate business? Gosh, that's, see, that, that's a little bit of a long story, but I'm going to give you the short and sweet 60-second version so like many people, I, I had the aspiration I was going to go to college and climb the corporate ladder and, you know, excel in corporate America. And so that was always my mindset. And I did that. But the issue was that I wasn't happy in corporate America. And I knew that fairly early on in my career, like within the first 90 days. So I knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. But it just so happens that about 2007, the company I was with at the time was acquired by another entity. And our entire internal audit department was laid off, which was my department. And so I was sort of involuntarily released from corporate. But I prior just prior to being laid off, I had, you know, told myself I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I had gotten my real estate license. And I just took that as a sign that this was what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And like, oh my gosh, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for. And it kind of was that, but I definitely was not ready, um, which I'm sure we'll talk more about that in just a second. But that's how I ended up as a real estate entrepreneur. And Danielle, how many years were you working as an employee before you transitioned full-time into real estate? It was five years. So from 2002 to April 2007. And what was your profession? My degree is actually, I have an accounting degree. So I worked in public accounting, internal audit, and external audit. So a very corporate track. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So you realized within 90 days of your first job that it wasn't going to be the kind of fit that was going to last for your career. Yes. And how did you feel after studying because you you studied for a profession, right? Yes. So probably a fair amount of schooling in order to get that kind of job? I did. I actually have a master's degree in accounting. Uh, well, I'm one class short of having a master's degree in accounting. So I spent four years plus an extra year of grad school. Wow. So that that's a lot of time. It's a big investment of both time and money. And how did you feel like knowing right away, uh-oh, I just spent five years working on this and um, maybe it wasn't the right decision? You know what? I felt a little bit of bamboozlement, if, that, <laughs> if I if I can say that. And and really, uh, what happened is I was like many. You know, when you first graduate from college and you get your offer letter, offer letters for fifty thousand, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be rich. This is so much money. And I was like, this is going to be about two thousand dollars every two weeks. And I'm gonna. I was just planning out my my life, right? 
And then I got my very first check, David. And my very first check was only $1,183. And I literally was not prepared for that. And I just feel like that was my first hint of bamboozlement where I just felt like I spent so much, so many years in college and no one told me that I would only see this $50,000 on paper. Like I knew that I was there, some money would be taken out, was not prepared for the amount of money that I just lost. <laughs> yep. And as an accountant, I'm sure you know, you're well aware of where it ended up. Yeah. 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 And then I would owe typically at the end of the year too. So I was just, I was so over it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such, I don't use the word, it's not a scam, but it just, I just was ill-prepared for that reality. Yeah. And, and could you imagine spending like 40 plus years doing that? No. And the reason is because when I went to work, so many people in middle management and upper management, even some of the partners at the time, they just, they didn't look very happy. Their their health wasn't that great. They were always stressed out. They were literally always working, especially during tax season. Uh, They would brag about, you know, I haven't had a vacation in four years. And I would just hear them talking and think to myself, yeah, no, this, this is not, this is not it. So... Yeah. And was real estate the first thing that you looked at? It is. I ended up, I went to a free workshop hosted by a guy at the time who was uh, doing a lot of flipping, property flipping in Chicago. And he hosted a workshop and he just went through some of the properties that he did and some of the deals that he did. And he was showing us some of the the profit checks that he'd received. And like many people, you know, you get into, that get into real estate. Even today, I was thinking to myself, oh, I can just, you know, flip a couple of properties, not work that much, make a bunch of money without expending a whole bunch of effort and energy. And so that was kind of my mindset, which was of course, totally incorrect, but that was the seed was planted at that time. And then I found out later that just like anything else, you know, you can't really get uh, something for nothing. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's all work. Yes. It's all work. So then you kind of had a plan even before your job ended. I did, but it was a very bad plan. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on <laughs> on the how poorly positioned I was. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. And actually, I don't even come from a family of people who regularly graduate from college. So I was the second person in my immediate and extended family. And so my plan in my head was, you know, be an entrepreneur. But I didn't prepare for it financially. I wasn't prepared for it mentally. I didn't know what the day-to-day looked like. I didn't even really know the first step. But um, yeah, in my head, I was an entrepreneur, but no clue on how to actually carry that out. So if you were the second person in your immediate and extended family to go to college, and then you're like, would you say you were four years in? Yes. Four years in, you lost your job. And Mm -hmm. you decided rather than try to get another job, you're going to become an entrepreneur. What did your family say to you? Well, as you could probably imagine, they they told me that I was crazy. I was an overachiever. I should be happy with my job. I should go back and get another job. Uh, What do you mean you're an entrepreneur? What is that? You know, what is it? What do you even do on a day to day basis? And then when I did, you know, I had a lot to figure out. And then people generally, because they can't many people assume that if you're not at a place of employment that you're not working. So even when I was calling myself doing stuff during the day, constant interruptions from people, you know, hey, can you take me to the store? Let's go here. Can we talk on the phone? Um, So just a whole lot of pushback, like an extreme level of pushback, even from my husband at the time. So yeah, lots of that. Yeah. And how did you react to it? Uh, You know, I was very, I was very naive. And so I was very naive. And so I wasn't quite 
aware of the situation that how dire my situation was with being an entrepreneur, not having an actual plan. So that kind of worked for me a little bit, just, you know, being as naive as I was. But then also I I didn't let it stop me. So it, it definitely planted some seeds of doubt and insecurity along the way, but I kept going. I've always, I felt like, you know, if no one believed in me, at least I should believe in myself. And it, it did, you know, get eroded a little bit, but nothing, nothing severe to the point where I just stopped entirely. So what did you do? I initially, I I read a bunch of books because, you know, I've always been a reader. So I read all these different books. I got my very first mentor, um, who was actually the guy who I, the work, the real estate workshop that I'd attended. So he, he helped me in the beginning. I wasn't quite ready for most of what he was offering, but at least the seeds were planted. And I went to a lot of networking events because I thought that that's what entrepreneurs did. Passed out a bunch of business cards because I thought that that's what entrepreneurs should be doing. I did a lot of activity but I didn't really accomplish a whole lot the first probably three to almost four years or so. And really what was the game changer is I, so I was laid off in 2007. I had my first daughter in 2011. And so when she was on the way, that's kind of what made me say, okay, well, Danielle, either you're going to do, figure this entrepreneur thing out, or you're going to go back into corporate America. And I detested the idea of going back into corporate America. So that was kind of the start of the shift. Yeah. So nothing, nothing quite like a deadline. Yeah. You know, some, the whole work better under pressure thing, but I just, honestly, David, I knew that my daughter was coming and I knew the childhood that I had and just never having enough of just even basic necessities. And I didn't want that for her, but I knew that in order for that to happen, I had to do something different than than what I experienced, well, what my mom did. Mm -hmm. And so that was my, that was, became my why initially. Yeah. And I'm assuming that, you know, we're talking at this point, a number of years later, I'm assuming that you did turn things around. How did you do that? I did it. So many entrepreneurs, the issue that we have that I see time and time again, is that we try to do a bunch of different things. Like we try stuff for three weeks and then we let it go. We try something else for three weeks and let it go. And real estate is really notorious for that because people will say, oh, you know, this person's being successful at wholesaling. So I'll try that. Then they, you know, take a wholesaling class or they watch some YouTube videos and they give it a shot, like a, you know, kind of a 50% effort for a few weeks. And then they kind of retire that and move on to the different thing, a different thing. And so I did that time and time again, and I just wasn't getting anywhere. So I had my license. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be a real estate agent and I'm going to work with buyers and I'm going to work with sellers and I'm going to work with wholesalers. And I want to list, I want to work with the banks and list foreclosed properties. So I tried all those different things, but I was never consistent. So I never got the results. So what happened is my daughter was born. I decided that, okay, I, I am going to stay on this path of being an entrepreneur. And the industry that came across my radar at that time and still now is property preservation, which is just basically working with banks to do the repairs and maintenance of foreclosed properties. And I just simply made a decision that it was going to be that or nothing. So I just shut out every other course, class, YouTube channel, anything that wasn't that particular niche. And I focused on that. So the only difference is I just decided to stick with something and not let it go in three or four weeks when it didn't work out. Mm. And it also sounds like that the mechanism of saying no to so many other things was really important. It is. That's super important. And yeah, that's a big one. Saying no and focusing it really solves so many problems for, for many entrepreneurs, I think. 
Yeah. And once you'd made that decision and you focused on one particular niche, how long did it take you before you felt like it was working? It took the first six months. It was very, very slow. So it was 18 months from start to finish. So after that first full year, that's when I was like, okay, this was a great decision. This is working out. And since, so that was 2014 was the first full year. So every year since then, that was my, that was the me getting over the the hurdle mentally and financially. Wow. And how's it going today? It's going great. So I'm still working in the industry. I've also transitioned into, I do um, have a, a spinoff. So I actually teach people how to get started in the industry as well. And that's been going supremely well too. So I get to still experience the day-to-day, the day-to-day of running a business, my own business. And then I also get to help others get started as well. So it's really been, uh, it's been a blessing. I can't, I literally can't complain at this point. And Danielle, are you still in the same niche? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So that decision has worked well. It has just, just focusing on one thing. And, and I tell people that even now, but most people, honestly, they don't want to hear it until they have to hear it, if that makes sense. So most people just don't want to hear that, you know, doing 10 different things is not going to make you 10 times more money. (laughs) Most people don't want to hear that. So I've learned to not give unsolicited advice. Right. Now, what happens if the need in the, in the marketplace of the niche that you've chosen just isn't that strong? That's a possibility. There, throughout the, the over the last several years, the rate of foreclosures has has been pretty low. Honestly, before this the pandemic started, so it's been relatively it's been lower than than average. So in that instance, I mean, there's just less work around, but there's still always work because there's always foreclosed properties that need to be maintained. But sometimes the inventory does drop, so there's a little bit less work. And in that instance, you could just simply you could just take on another another niche in real estate that's related. So for some of my clients that I work with, they will start to actually do construction of properties or working on pro- or flipping properties or work. Some, and many banks now have gotten into the market and they're like Zillow, for example, actually flips properties now. So they get properties, they rehab them, put them back on the market. So that in between time where the property needs to be rehabbed, that's also another lane that some of my students have gone into. Mm. So based on your own experience, what are some of the basic steps that you teach people that are going through the same kind of transition that you went through? The transition from leaving a full-time job yeah, into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure now, based on everything you've just described, you probably have some, uh, some key steps that you tell people they really need to take if they want to make this work. I do. So I I don't get into that as much. Like I don't have a specific training on that. It's kind of covered a little bit inside the the program that I teach, but I do tell people, um, generally speaking, that much of the the reason why we're not successful is is a mental shift that, ha- that has to take place. And the trigger for for all of us is is different. So for me it was having my first child. For other people, it may be, you know, their mom gets sick or their dad gets sick. Usually it's something traumatic. People don't generally just change because they wake up one day and decide that, oh my gosh, I need to do something different. You know, they say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. So I'll just try something different today and stick with it. Like that's just not how humans are generally wired. So usually it's some type of traumatic event that takes place that causes that mindset shift. But definitely a shift has to happen because if it doesn't, you never learn to think like an entrepreneur and you're always stuck, you know, waiting for someone else to give you a job. Mm. So once that traumatic shift happens, besides the the focus and the perseverance, are there other aspects 
that you think people really need to follow in order to make this work well? I think that investing in a good coaching program, or I don't like I don't like to use the word mentoring, but a good coaching, a business coaching program or a business development program, I think would be ideal, just because the there's so many different aspects to running a business, which I'm sure that you'd be able to attest to, and none of it is really taught in college for the most part, unless you're specifically going to school for you know entrepreneurship or something. I think there's degrees and majors that you can do now in college, but that stuff is not really taught. So I really think investing in a program like that would be ideal. And then just figuring out, you know, some people say figure out what you're good at and follow your passion. I tend to not agree with that as much as figuring out what what's going to work well in the marketplace and then kind of working backward from there. Look, it's not taught in K through 12 either. Yeah, right. it's not. Uh, no, it's not. No, as a matter of fact, um, K through 12 is, is really culturally and... Um, kind of socially preparing people to have jobs, to be employees. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. And and college, um, I think, kind of reinforces that. It does. It definitely does. That was my experience and that of many of my peers as well. Yeah. It was certainly my experience. And, and, and like you, I also, I studied engineering. I had a lot of school and worked for a few years in corporate and realized that um, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do for a number of decades. Just it took me longer to to become an entrepreneur than you. Um, had a, a detour along the way, but eventually got there. So fast forward to today, you're very clear about what you want to do, how you want to do it. You're now teaching other people. What's your dream for your business? The dream for my business is to be able to assist a thousand people with uh, starting their own business. I mean, I, I teach property preservation, so it would most likely be that business. But just to have people break free from the mindset that they can't make money unless someone else is paying them. I tell most of my students and you know people that I talk to in passing that when you make your first, even if it's just $100 or $50, when you make your first dollar amount of money from you know something that you've created in your brain and that you've put into the marketplace and that someone else has bought from you, like it's such a powerful and just amazing feeling. And so you want to continue to duplicate that. So I want people to have that experience of of not feeling like, gosh, if I don't work, you know, for this particular company, then I, I can't ever make this amount of money because it's definitely definitely not not the case. Yeah. No, you know that that what occurs to me when you describe that is you walk into a lot of retail establishments and they have taped up on the wall the first dollar they made or the first, you know, first yes. $20 they made or fit whatever. I have yet to see somebody tape their first paycheck to the wall. Yeah, I, I would not have taped mine because it was such a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danielle, you know, you've done such a great job and now you you help other people. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything that we've discussed today or learn more, access any resources that you may have, where's the best place to go? Sure. So the, there's a couple of different outlets. So my YouTube channel, which is uh, Real Estate Profit Lab, I have about 34, 35,000 subscribers. It's a great source to get a lot of content and short sound bites that's easily digestible. And then from there, to get more information on the industry, you could head over to propertypreservationmastery.com and find out more information there. Danielle, before we close out, what 
advice do you have for somebody who has become suddenly unemployed? There are lots of people this year in particular where this is happening. If they've thought at all about doing something as an entrepreneur and they realize that this may be their wake-up call and this may be their time to do it, what advice would you have for them so that they can not, not just test the waters as an entrepreneur, but really look at this as an opportunity and make it work? Sure. So I would say to first seek advice from people who've been in that situation before, and then also seek advice from people who've been entrepreneurs for, I would say, 10 years or more. And then finally, as much as people kind of detest and shy away from or just are very uncomfortable with the thought of the idea of selling or just sales in general, I can't, I literally can't think of a better way to, a better skill set to master in order to to not guarantee, but in order to to have the best shot at replacing the income from your job, if that makes sense. So I talked to, of course, I'm in real estate and there's real estate sales, there's life insurance sales, there's so many different uh, niches to choose from. I think that just mastering that skill set would just do so much for the bottom line of so many people. And people are scared of it and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to come across as a, a scummy salesperson. But sales is really just uh, helping people solve problems. And if you find a problem that you're passionate about that you want to then help people um, solve, I think it's a phenomenal way to go. Well said. Well, Danielle, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and going solo. This has been such an important conversation, especially this year. My guest today has been the founder of Real Estate Profit Lab, Danielle Pierce. Thank you again, Danielle, for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Today, we learned why focus is critical to financial success as an entrepreneur and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode. Thank you.